So that led me to do some praying, Lord, what's your word? And I was led to the Psalms of Lament. And from the Psalms of Lament, you can, one of the messages of Psalms of Lament can be summarized in one sentence. And this is, it's okay to be not okay. Hello, this is the Keswick Convention Podcast. I'm your host, James Carey. And my guest this time is Commissioning Editor for Langham Publishing, Scholar Care Coordinator with the Langham Partnership. Hello, Federico Villanueva. Hello, hi, hi. Thanks very much for being with us on the podcast. Uh, I'm speaking to you. You are in uh, Manila in the Philippines. Uh, you are from the Philippines. Yes, I am. Can you tell us a bit about what life is like in the Philippines at the moment as we record during a global pandemic? We have been in about two months, more than two months of lockdown. And we have just been starting to ease out from that starting yesterday. So we, we are still in the adjusting uh, situation. Lots of chaos here, you know, in terms of what's happening, as you may see in, around the world as well. We, yeah, but but yeah. that's the uh, situation now at the moment. Yeah. I said in the introduction that you work for the Langham Partnership. Do you want to say a bit about what that is and, and what the work that you do involves? Yeah, so Langham Partnership uh, is a ministry started by John Stott, uh, a British yeah. And it has three main ministries, uh, preaching, uh, scholarship, and uh, publishing. I've been a Langham scholar myself. Uh, so, so, the, so that's under the scholarship. This, I mean, Langham supports scholarship to majority world scholars. I'm one of them. So I've studied in England for almost three years from 2004. And uh, I finished my PhD there. So basically, they train uh, PhDs so that they could go back to their country to minister where they are. And and so that's a wonderful ministry of uh, of Langham to to provide scholarship, but also to provide pastoral care to current Langham scholars. So I'm now the uh, scholar care coordinator for current Langham scholars in Asia. There are more than 10 of them, about 10 to 15, you know. So I try to provide as much as I can pastoral care to them by prayer, encouragement, and some guidance, Mm. as I am able to do it. It'd be interesting to know what kind of care scholars tend to need. Those who really dig deeply into God's word are doing lots of academic work. Are there any particular things that you're often looking out for? Are there any signs of, of... of trouble or, or common themes, or are they just like regular folk? Community is one of them. You know, PhD work can be uh, really lonely and you feel isolated. So by just, you know, sending an email, a call, that, that could uh, go a long way, actually. And uh, also their families. So it's not just the scholar, but the wife, you know, the children. So I try to... Uh, ask the help of my wife, sometimes if, if she can join me, you know, in a call, you know, or actual visit. Actual visit is actually uh, uh, very important. And also, as a scholar myself, I've been a scholar and I'm still a biblical scholar, uh, I'm able to also provide them with some guidance, you know, so I would read 
where they would show me their works, papers, or present thesis. And I would just make some suggestions, you know, comments. So it, it's a holistic thing, you know. We pray for them, uh, provide some guidance, and scholarly, scholarly, you know, input as well. Yeah. So there's um, so the Langham Partnership has the preaching training, there's the scholarship, but also there's the sort of the publishing work and the books. Yes. And you have an involvement in that. And uh, I, I am the regional commissioning editor in the publishing side uh, for Asia. So we try to discern what are the needs of evangelical Christians here in Asia. And that, that can be very contextual. You know, our needs here are different. And it, it's also different in each country. So we try to discern that and then find the, the good authors will write the book to address those needs and issues, you know. And because that's one of the burden of uh, Johnsta, the founder, uh, that is to provide good, you know, biblical, solid, you know, pastoral uh, books for the strengthening of the body of Christ. And we hope to do that in Asia where churches are growing, you know, in spite of the many persecutions. Just, I mean, I'm amazed by how the Lord is uh, strengthening his church despite the situations even now. And the books will, will and do have uh, a great um, contribution towards the growth of the church, deepening, you know, strengthening. You also do um, teaching at uh, seminaries. I was surprised to hear that you you teach at a, a Protestant and a, and a Catholic seminary. Can you say a little bit about that? Yeah, so I, I am, a, of course, I'm an evangelical, so I've sure. been teaching in a Protestant seminary. But then what happened was, after my PhD, you see when you have a PhD in, uh, from, for example, from England, you know, and you go home, people uh, recognize that, I mean, I don't know, for good or for bad. Sometimes, you know, we, we have that colonial, somehow better, you know. So when I came back, somebody, the Catholic institution here, one Catholic institution uh, came to know about it. And it so happened that they have, uh, they needed an examiner for a PhD thesis on the book of Job. And I've written on the Psalms of Lament. And so they invited me if I can be an external examiner, which I did. You know? And so after that, they asked me if uh, I could teach them sacred scriptures, particularly the Book of Psalms, which is my area of research when I studied my PhD in England, particularly the Psalms of Lament. So I did. I said, wow, that's a great opportunity. This is a seminary run by the Jesuits under a university also. So I've been teaching there since 2015. These are priests and priests-to-be and nuns, and also not just Filipinos, but uh, at least 20 other nationalities in Asia and also Africa, yeah. Wow, that's, a, that's an interest. must be a really interesting uh, world uh, to, to walk into uh, uh, every now and then. Hello, Kate here from Keswick Ministries. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not check out Keswick's other podcast? Kes Talks. They're a selection of talks from God's Word, given at the Keswick Convention, that we hope and pray will be particularly helpful to people in the times we face now. Kes Talks. Available on iTunes, Spotify and your podcasting apps. 
So in a moment, I'll be asking you about what you'll be uh, doing with Virtually Keswick, uh, the online convention at the end of July. But let's just talk more about uh, your story through the aims of Keswick Ministries, which is all about hearing God's word, becoming like God's son and serving God's mission. We've already heard a little bit about your about your mission. But uh, let's talk about hearing God's word. Uh, where and how uh, did that happen uh, to you and for you for the first time? My father is a pastor. He's a Southern Baptist pastor. And growing up as a kid, I would uh, naturally always hear the word of God preached in the church. But I would be running here and there while he's preaching. But I, I remember one time while he was preaching, and he said something that struck me as a, as a child. I don't remember how old I was, but I was really young. And I stopped running and just listened to, to, to the word of God. So that's, I think that's one occasion, which I, even though I don't remember exactly what the word was, it struck me that I knew that God is speaking to me you know, through my father, through this word being preached. That's one. And then later on in life, I, I, I encountered him on a more personal basis when I was maybe 13 years old. So I started teaching children about the Word of God, you know, I mean, stories. And I will never forget one night when I, after I taught these children about the Bible, uh, the, the father of one of the children came to me and told me, you know, you're very young. Why, why are you teaching? You know, why are you teaching the Bible? And that brought sadness to my heart. You know, I was, I was down. And so I went back home. I just entered my room and then just knelt in, on, on the bed and, and prayed to God. And, and I said, Lord, I said, why is it that I'm only a child, but I'm already teaching or preaching? I said, and I have my Bible uh, before me. I opened the Bible. And then there, is, there was Jeremiah 1.7. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am a child. Huh. Wow. Yeah, but uh, to, everywhere, to everyone, you know, I will send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. I was 13 years old by then. I, and that really spoke to me. I, I, so I cannot forget that. So I knew right then the, the power of the word of God, but also the calling, if I may, that, that, that God has some plan for my life in terms of proclaiming, listening to the Word of God. So, so that's, that's, a, that's one of my most, I, think I would say, uh, important, you know, of, of, or uh, the one that shaped me, you mm. know, one of the shaping uh, memories yeah. of uh, listening to the Word. It sounds, from what we've been saying, that you've really moved into looking at psalms and the psalms of lament in particular has that always been of an interest to you or what parts of god's word in particular have you uh, also been been really interested in or have really challenged you it was really my pastoral experience that led me to the psalms of lament you see i was pastoring a church then in manila and we have a lot of experiences of suffering you know we have 20 typhoons a year by the way which down and some of these are really devastating and yet we sing the same songs all the time which are only often they are rejoicing so that led me to do some uh, praying lord what's your word and i was led to the psalms of lament 
And from the Psalms of Lament, you can, one of the messages of the Psalms of Lament can be summarized in one sentence. And this is, it's okay to be not okay. Hmm. That there is room for, you, you can lament. You don't have to always rejoice if you can't. You can be real before God. So that's where I started to discover that, which then led to my, when I, when I did my PhD in England, I knew already what to research on. Mm. So I did my research on the Psalms of Lament. That's a wonderful title, which is a book that you've written, It's Okay to Not Be Okay. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about those listening who may be either worried that they are going to be lamenting soon or that they have experienced lament or to be ready for it. What are one or two bits of wisdom from God's word that you could, could share? When we lament, we are actually becoming more open to God about what we really feel. And I think that's very important now in the midst of the pandemic when, uh, you know, isolation uh, and experiences of depression and there's a lot of uncertainties uh, are happening, you know, which, which could which naturally brings in uh, this feeling of loneliness and depression. And the good thing about the Psalms of Lament is that first it gives a license, if I may, to uh, expression of what we would call negative emotions. Mm. And that is important because sometimes in the Christian tradition, these negative, and even the name itself, they call it negative emotions. We do not acknowledge them. We deny them. We think they are uh, for weak faith people. You know? But the, the Psalms of Lament uh, tell us that uh, there's room for this. And the second thing is that the Psalms of Lament also provides the words. Sometimes you just don't know what to say. For example, Psalm 102 says, I'm like a bird alone in, on, on the roof, you know, that's like part of very lonely. And or how long, O oh Lord, how long, O oh Lord, Psalm 13, must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? You know, since the lockdown, since uh, March 15, you know, in, the, in Manila, lots of people are just in their room, you know. Some people have their loved ones died, but they cannot mourn together, you know, all of this. And, and you suffer depression or all of this mourning and grieving. But the, so you, you need words you know, to articulate these. And God has given us the Psalms of Lament as his gift to the church so that we can make this our own prayer. You know? So in a way, your prayer, even though they're negative, is biblical and isn't that amazing. You know? So there, there's a lot of uh, riches. They are the means of grace, if I may, given by God to go for us to go through now in our time of pandemic yeah and i wonder if uh, in your experience people leave this they leave it too late and so we are surprised by these feelings of negative emotion or by by lament and we feel that it's wrong and then we start discovering these psalms of lament and actually we need to get get our heads around these when times are good uh, as well so that we then have the vocabulary and the words to frame uh, our our suffering or lament um it must be yeah. so you you must be encountering people who are suffering hardship and persecution or or pain for the first time and they're trying to make yeah. sense of it but actually if you've been through it before if you've 
if you know about these psalms, it feels like that might just help you when that when those times come. Exactly. And these laments are not only for suffering people. Actually, you need this even if you're okay. Yeah. Because for sure, you will be going through. In fact, now, you, as you said, you know, you're now going through. So if we didn't practice this, and that's, that's really unfortunate sometimes in the church, uh, we, we have not practiced these laments you know, in the mm. past. So now we are unprepared. You mm. see? And so what do you do with all of this tsunami of, uh, of emotions you know, that will really hit us once this mm. pandemic is over and we don't know when? So mm. if, if, we, if people are not allowed to, to vent these emotions before God, or if they do not have a way of dealing with this now, right now, when you're suffering, and what will happen afterwards, you know, when mm. we will have this tsunami of uh, mm. emotional, negative emotional ex expressions of problems later on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, becoming like God's son, uh, which is another thing that the Keswick uh, Ministries uh, are all about. What is it about Jesus himself, who also uh, lamented and, and wept? Uh, what is it about Jesus that, that you find most exhilarating? Yeah. What draws me really to, to Jesus Christ was uh, his own authenticity. You know, he, he's real, actually, about his emotions as well. Remember when he was in Gethsemane and he was suffering? He's struggling uh, before God. He actually admitted to his disciples, my heart is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And the word used there, it's not just sorrow, but very sorrowful. You know, it's, 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 it's not just a simple sorrow. And then admitting that to his disciples, I find that courageous, you know, for example, if a pastor admits to his leader or two leaders, you know, I'm, I'm really down. That's not easy, but you become vulnerable. So I find that with Jesus, that's the first thing that I noticed. And also, as a Filipino, we have been under colonial powers for many years. We've been under the Spaniards since 1521 until eight, uh, before 1900s. And then just about when we had our freedom, the Americans came in the 1900s, I mean, 1901, I think. And then for 40 years, we have suffered a lot. But then Jesus' cry on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And so that's one reason why it's, it has spoken to me, because uh, it made me feel that we are not alone. That's one. And also that's empowering, you know, because... If you can ask God why, why can't you also ask, you know, leaders, for example, that why are they higher than God? So mm. the laments also have a political significance, and that which is very important now, presently, because we have at the moment, unfortunately, we have a president who is uh, more like a, very politically, you know, in control, you know, like. Mm. If you disagree with him, if you ask a question, you will be in trouble. I mean, mm. literally, you will be in prison. And some, even our chief justice was removed. One senator was put into prison. So these are not easy times. Mm. But then as Christians, we have Jesus as our model who shows us that 
uh, we are empowered, you know, mm. our voice means a lot, you know. And so I find that also empowering. Yeah, yeah. Mm. As you were speaking there about your political situation, it I was also just thinking of it's not that dissimilar to the to the times of Jesus's earthly ministry in terms exactly. of, you know, you, you, you say the wrong thing and suddenly you are you're in a world of a world of trouble. Yeah. Um, let's look ahead to virtually uh, Keswick, which is coming up at the end of July. Uh, can you say a little bit about what you'll be what you'll be sharing uh, with those who will be tuning in uh, to watch that? So I will be speaking in the morning seminar in one of the mm. morning seminars, and uh, my topic will be on uh, hope and lament. Mm. You know, so because the theme of the whole uh, convention, if I believe, is on hope. Mm. Yeah, but I will show in the in my uh, message there the importance of lament in hope. Actually, lament is a sign of hope. When people are no longer lamenting, I may, then that's the beginning of the end. Because uh, as one uh, Jewish rabbi said in his interpretation of the Exodus, one reason why God sent Moses to deliver Moses was because he saw the Israelites, that they already accepted their situation as their fate you know, like, and they don't want to do anything anymore mm. it's it's when you no longer cry out and lament that's uh, that's that's the hopeless situation but as long as there is lament there is hope yeah as you were speaking there i was reminded of um job's wife who says yeah. curse god and die that's it. You're done. And that yep. is the end of hope, isn't it? That is true despair. Exactly. In general, we should listen to our wives. But that is that is terrible <laughs> advice, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, curse God and die. Um, well, what a strange note on which to end this interview. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Rico, for sharing that with us. You're welcome. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you uh, at the Virtually Keswick Convention. But yeah, so thanks very much indeed. You're welcome. Thank you also for this wonderful conversation. My pleasure. And thank you very much for listening and we'll speak to you next time.